Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. If you love listening to Saints Alive, please consider donating so that we can continue to create these episodes. You can donate anywhere from $5 to $50 a month with some fun perks to go along with your patronage. Check out our Patreon account, which you can find through the donation page on our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. St. Thomas More was born in London on February 7, 1478. He was a dedicated husband to his wife and father to four children while he worked as a writer and politician. After his first wife died, he remarried and his new bride had a daughter of her own. He adopted this young girl, Margaret, and she became one of his beloved daughters. This is why he's the patron saint of adopted children. Thomas More was known by his peers as Sir Thomas More because he was a knight of England. He loved his country, his faith, and his family. At the time, it wasn't common for girls to receive the same education as boys, but Sir Thomas More raised each of his daughters with the highest level of education. He loved his five children and would frequently write letters to them. They cherished his letters because they were a witty reminder of his deep love for them. Our story today starts with a letter Sir Thomas wrote to one of his daughters. However, this particular letter is different because it was written in prison. Let's listen in and hear this wonderful saint come to life. Margaret, our Lord bless you and all yours. For as much, dearly beloved daughter, as it is likely that you either have heard or shortly shall hear that the council was here this day and that I was before them. I have thought it necessary to send you word how the matter stands. But before I do so, I hope you'll humor me in rewinding through my journey. I find it fitting to share with you my life story on the eve of its finale. You are one of my crowning achievements, Margaret. So I hope my tale provides you lovely insight into your humble father's life.
I attribute whatever accolades I acquired in my lifetime to the education I received as a young boy. Just as I tried to give you and your siblings a fine education, my father did the same for me. Thank you, Thomas. Carry on. Cardinal, if I may, I have a question. Yes, don't you always? Well, yes, it was you who taught me that inquiry is the key to stability. Yes, well, if we don't question things, we can never prove their sturdiness. What's on your mind, brilliant young Thomas? Why are you reading so much? Ah, yes. I read, Thomas, because I am in a position to lead. I serve the king, but I also serve the lord, and that can be tricky to balance. It was our lord Jesus who taught us that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or... You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If we can't serve two masters, how do you serve the Lord and the King? Ah, now that's a good question, Thomas. Good for you for asking. The answer to that is simple. Be the King's faithful servant, yes. But be God's servant first. I see. Cardinal John Morton was a great teacher in my life. He inspired me academically to become both a prolific reader and writer. Hence why I write you letters, Margaret. Someone who attains knowledge can't help but share it. Someone who has been saved can't help but rescue. It's our great pleasure and responsibility, my beloved daughter. Cardinal Morton's guidance helped lead me on a path of law and politics. I wanted to serve our country, England, alongside our Lord. And so I did just that. My work proved profitable, and King Henry VIII became a quick friend of mine. Ready, aim, fire! <laughs> yes, nothing like good rifle practice. Thomas, your shot is almost as good as your word. A man is only as good as his word, and is only as strong as his shot. Ah, <laughs> You know whose word I can't stand? And don't say it. It's maddening, really. Your Grace. Martin Luther. You said it. Of course I did. He's splintering the church, Thomas. Just like that tree. Woo! My shot's getting better. Yes, it is, Your Grace. Very well. I agree with you. Luther hasn't handled things as well as some. However, he has shed light on real problems that have needed to be addressed. We owe him gratitude for his, albeit imperfect, efforts. Thank him? Thomas, if his word gets out there, there'll be dozens of versions of Christianity. Hundreds. It's already getting out. Only a few years earlier, Martin Luther wrote his 95 theses and broke away from the Catholic Church. It caused a ripple effect with massive consequences. New versions of Christianity began popping up breaking away from the one universal church, the Catholic Church. Together, King Henry and I wrote a book titled Defense of the Seven Sacraments, correcting the misled arguments Martin Luther had spread across Europe. In the Gospel of John, at our Lord's Last Supper, Jesus prayed that we may all be one. The king of the universe never wanted his followers to be so broken, so dispersed, so in opposition to one another. I agree it's a dangerous thing to question the authority of Rome, if there's no apostolic foundation to Christianity, 
Then the foundation can become whatever one whims is. Exactly, Thomas, exactly. Who is he to question the leadership of the Pope? If we belittle the Pope's chair, then we belittle Christ's chair. <laughs> your zeal makes me cheery, Your Grace. If only the whole world could see it so simply. <laughs> it is good to have a friend like you, Thomas, a grace from the divine. <laughs> My lovely daughter Margaret, Christ appointed his disciple Peter as the first pope, and from Peter we have an unbreakable lineage of popes up to this very day. Anything that deters from that falls short of what God intended when upon this rock he built his church. But before I digress too much, King Henry VIII and I continued our friendship until it was pinned into a corner. My dear Thomas! Your Grace, how do you do? Ah, the flowers are blooming, the sun is shining. I love England this time of year. There are few things that radiate as much beauty, that's certain. Beauty, Thomas, beauty, yes, that's what I wanted to share with you. I'm getting married, Thomas. Thomas, did you hear me? I'm getting married. I heard you, Your Grace. My apologies. A congratulations is usually in store for such a monumental occasion. I'm confused, Your Grace. But you are already married. No, Thomas, bah! That's no marriage. I'm getting it annulled. Wasn't it the Pope who recognized the request for your marriage? Yes, yes, a silly move on his part. And now you want to take that back? just as well as I that the Pope is to be respected, yes, but he is just a man, and that a man makes folly from time to time. And you suppose he made folly in allowing you to marry your wife Catherine? Yes, exactly. He never should have allowed it. But he did. As did you. As did she. Thomas, Thomas, celebrate with me, my old friend. Today is a cause for joy, not for stress. My joy is in serving you well, Your Grace. You serve me well by giving me a hug and saying congratulations. I serve you well by caring about your soul. <sighs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18.22, yada yada. Are you saying my soul is in danger? I'm saying that marriage is a big deal. And yes, it has consequences on one's soul. So they are no longer two but one. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Matthew 19, 6. Listen, listen, you're my friend, are you not, Thomas? Not even a friend, Your Grace. I consider you a brother. Then why do you oppose me? It's not my wish to oppose you. Surely you know that. I only want to serve you well. Then side with me, Thomas. You're asking me to do something I cannot. Are you really going to throw away our friendship because of this? I never spoke of throwing our friendship away. Well, you are! It's difficult to disagree with a friend. It's difficult to swim against the tide of their pressures and risk your relationship with them. True friendships, however, are rooted in virtue. One of the most difficult things in life is realizing that some friends don't really want to be true friends. 
I suffered this realization with King Henry as I watched my once dear friend slowly slip into unthinkable madness. He will not deny me. He cannot. I am the king. Surely you have the power to persuade him. He must listen to you. Yes, surely he will take money, maybe an even higher office. This evil man wants to stop our love. Henry, he wants to interfere with our marriage. Nothing must come between us. We must be married. My sweet Anne, what am I to do if he won't take my bribery? He's a stubborn man. You are the king. You know what to do. Well, you can't mean... Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Kill him if you must. Nothing shall stand in our way. I mean what I tell you, my beloved daughter, that it is better to lose earthly friendships and keep your friendship with Jesus. We have nothing if we don't have Jesus as our truest friend. That being said, it pained me to hurt my friend. Therefore I resigned from my political office so as not to cause him even more of a burden. Unfortunately, that wasn't enough for him. Thomas More! Open up! The king requests your presence! Thomas. Thomas. There's someone at the door. Huh? This is probably the wind. No, Thomas. They're saying something about the king. The king? Yes. You must answer it. Yes, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> the king requests Sir Thomas More. I am he. I present to you the King's Chancellor. Thomas, it's good to see you, my friend. Chancellor, always a pleasure, sir. Catching up on your rest? Well, trying to. Uh, You've been causing quite a stir, Thomas. Word has spread across all of England about your disagreement with King Henry's marriage. You realize you're the only person who opposes him. The world disagreed with Jesus during his time on Earth. Yes, I, I realize. Unfortunately, or fortunately, perhaps for you, people value your opinion. I see. So, I'm here because we must take an oath and swear. Should you fail to do so, I'm under strict orders to take you to jail. Jail? Under what conviction? For high treason. Treason? Yes, treason, Thomas. That's a bit extreme, but I'll entertain your wish at the very least. What is this oath I must swear? Sir Thomas More. The act of succession declares that King Henry's marriage with Catherine is void, and his new marriage with Anne Boleyn is valid. Further, because of the failure for the Pope to see this, King Henry is the head of the church in England henceforth. King Henry is the head of the church? Not the Pope? That is correct. But that's not what Jesus instituted. Well, it's what's happening. Now swear it or face the consequences. I cannot. Very well then. Guards! Take him away. Thomas! Oh, Margaret. 
pains me to hear that you are saddened by my imprisonment. Be of good heart, my beloved daughter, for it's not in vain. I will admit it's scary to know that I disagree where everyone else agrees. Being different than everyone else is always frightening. However, it's far worse to deny the truth and follow the crowd. One must think for him or herself. One must act for God and not for others. Don't worry about me, Margaret. No matter what happens in this world, nothing can happen to me that God doesn't want. And all that he wants, no matter how bad it may appear to us, is really for the best. Sir Thomas More, do you not see the fury you've caused? And yet you simply sit there. How are you so comfortable right now? Comfort in tribulation can be secured only on the sure ground of faith, holding as true the words of Scripture and the teaching of the Catholic Church. Hmm, yes. So you're quite sure? Yes. Are you sure that you will continue to refuse the validity of King Henry's marriage? I am sure that King Henry has sworn loyalty to the Catholic Church. I wrote a book with him detailing as much. I am sure that Jesus handed the keys of his kingdom to Peter, and from Peter to Linus, and from Linus to Anaclitus, and on and on all the way to today. But some popes have been bad, heretical even. Yes, I can't deny that. And yet the Church has carried on despite the broken people within it. If the Pope can be corrupted, can't his decisions be corrupted? Well, of course. He's human like the rest of us. Surely you've made mistakes before. Order! Order! I said order! But the Lord still works through our flaws. When it comes to matters of the faith, show me a Pope who has formally declared anything heretical. You can't find one, can you? Informally, sure, they might say things. Outrageous things. Condemnable things. Formally, however, the Holy Spirit has never let them go astray. And he never will. Because Christ established the papacy, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. You bring up good points, Sir Thomas More. However, you are still beating around the bush. Do you accept the king's marriage or not? A question is usually never as simple as it seems. You're asking me a simple question, but it's a complex answer. It is simple. Yes or no? Yes, I will give you an answer. No, it will not be simple. Oh, your faith is faint. Everyone here can see it. A faint faith is better than a strong heresy. God, do away with this man. leads me to today, Margaret. I have caught you up on my tale. I hope this paints a clearer portrait of why I'm in prison. The outlook doesn't look pretty, my love. It doesn't look pretty at all. Tomorrow, the orders are to execute me. However, that also means that tomorrow I will see the glory of God. I will be face to face with His Majesty. You can be sad for me, Margaret. But if you do, please also rejoice for me. Farewell, my dear child.
and pray for me, and I shall for you and all your friends, that we may merrily meet in heaven. I die the king's faithful servant, but God's first. Your loving father, Sir Thomas More. You have one minute, Mom. Make it quick. Oh, Thomas. My brave husband. My love. Please. You don't have to do this. You have a family. We never have to do anything. We choose our path, darling. We get to choose what's right. Please. I love you. I don't want you to forget me. And I love you. The heart that is truly loved never forgets. Please don't make me say goodbye. It's more than I can bear. It is a goodbye. Only farewell for now. You have my heart for all eternity. And you have mine. Will you give this letter to Margaret? Yes, of course. Pray for me, my love. Always. Sir Thomas, your time has come. Very well. You can help me up. But I'll see myself down. Thomas More died a martyr on July 6, 1535. He is the patron saint of adopted children, lawyers, difficult marriages, and politicians, and his feast day is celebrated on June 22nd. St. Thomas More had heroic faith to the very end. He's a powerful example of what it means to defend the truth no matter the cost. What are ways you can stand up for the truth? Maybe it's doing what's right even when others think you're wrong. Striving for sainthood won't be easy, and there will be mountains to climb along your journey. But becoming a saint also means that you'll be rewarded greatly in heaven. Like St. Thomas More said, there's nothing more important than being God's faithful servant first. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. And a special thanks to the patrons who helped make this episode possible. Rose, Catherine, Therese, Imelda, and Louise Erbacher, Ben and Max Luong, Matthew and Monica Franzen, and Max, Gemma, and Lucy Flores. Thank you all so much. We are excited to announce the launch of our Saints Alive Youth Missions. We are now bringing Saints Alive to you, live, in your parish or school. 
Our youth missions are dynamic talks to inspire your children to set out on the journey to sainthood. Complete with giveaways, you can turn a normal school day into a day that forms future saints. Booking now for the coming fall and spring semesters. Email us today for more information at saintsalivetalks at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our next episode on St. Ignatius of Loyola, premiering July 17th. Mark those calendars. 